Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. J.B. Phillips was an Anglican pastor and scholar who created a very good paraphrase of the New Testament. He makes St. Paul's letters read like well-written editorials. C.S. Lewis held Philip's translation in very high regard. He said, quote, It's like looking at a familiar picture after it's been cleansed. End quote. Phillips, after translating the New Testament, decided to write a little book on the experience of doing so. And in a portion of that book, he mentions two things that really had surprised him, that he was kind of overwhelmed by as he was doing the translation of the New Testament. The first thing is, how often we are warned about false prophets and false teachers and false Christs. And the second thing was how ubiquitous were statements about receiving eternal life now and in the age to come. Two things just really struck him. Be wary of false teachers. And secondly, immerse yourself in the confident hope of eternal life, which begins now and is the motive for how we live in this world. Next hour, we're going to be joined by Randall Smith, who's a professor of theology at the University of St. Thomas in Houston. He's written, From Here to Eternity, Reflections on Death, Immortality, and the Resurrection of the Body. So I thought I'd do something in preparation uh, for our time with uh, Dr. Smith. I'd like to load us up, scoop after scoop, of Scripture passages dealing with eternal life. I'm limiting it to eternal life, not going after heaven, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the new creation, just eternal life. And I say scoop after scoop because these passages are basically scooped out of their original context in the scriptures, and they're piled on top of one another. But they're sweet, and I like to think of this as an impossibly high tower of ice cream scoops. Again, I'm focused only on passages dealing with eternal life, And this is so important to us because our hope is rooted in the historical bodily resurrection of Christ. St. Paul said, if Christ is not raised from the dead, then we are fools. Uh, So, again, no resurrection, no hope of eternal life. Let me focus in here on New Testament passages that deal with eternal life. And again, my intention here is to kind of overwhelm us with how frequently this is pounded home to us on the pages of the New Testament. Matthew nineteen twenty nine, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Matthew twenty five forty six, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. John three fourteen through 16 and verse 36. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
John 5.24 Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. John 6.40.47.54 For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. John ten twenty seven and 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. John seventeen three, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Romans 2, 6 and 7. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. Romans six twenty two twenty three. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Galatians 6, 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy, that in me Jesus might display his perfect patience as an example of those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Titus 1, 1 and 2. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God who never lies promised before the ages began. Titus 3, 7. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 1 John 1, verses 1 and 2. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was made manifest, and we've seen it, and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. 1 John 2, verse 25. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. 1 John 5, 11 and 13. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Jude 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it leads to eternal life. We, we should never be intimidated by those who try to make us believe that Christian faith is only so much pie in the sky by and by. Eternal life is received now, and it's to have a transforming effect on those who receive it. Uh, we're able to live more fully because we've been freed from the fear of death. Uh, we know there's a difference between the destiny of the just and the destiny of the unjust. We don't all end up as fertilizer. Mother Teresa's destiny is not the same 
as the person who persists in human trafficking. She accompanies desperate souls to eternity, where every uh, tear will be dried and every wound healed. The trafficker accompanies desperate souls into earthly bondage and brutality and visits upon them untold suffering. Historically, Christianity has never been content to wait for heaven. From the start, we saved infants uh, that were left to die in the Roman Empire. We opened our homes to the poor. We opened our worship to the enslaved. In the early 4th century, there's a wonderful story. Famine and disease struck the army of the Roman Emperor Constantine. Pacomius, a pagan soldier in that army, watched in amazement as many of his fellow Romans brought food to the afflicted men and without discrimination bestowed help on those in need. Curious, Pacomius asked, what moves these people? What kind of religion is this? And he wondered, where does this where do these acts of generosity and humanity come from? He began to learn about the faith, and before he knew it, he was on the road to conversion. This kind of amazement has attended Catholic charitable work through the ages. Even the skeptic Voltaire uh, was awed by the heroic spirit of self-sacrifice that animated so many of the church's sons and daughters. Um, he, he said, peoples separated from the Roman Catholic religion have imitated but imperfectly so generous a charity. In fact, the Catholic Church, he said, invented charity as we know it in the West. And this was known in the first century, in the second century, in the third century. The pagan writer Lucian uh, observed in astonishment, quote, the earnestness with which the people of this religion help one another in their needs is incredible. They spare themselves nothing for this end, Their first lawgiver put it into their heads that they were all brothers. Julian the Apostate, the Roman emperor who made a futile effort in the 4th century to return the empire to paganism, had to agree. He said, while the pagan priests neglect the poor, these hated Galileans devote themselves to works of charity. And they display... uh, They display... Oh, that he said, and by display of false compassion have established and given effect to their pernicious errors. See their love feasts, their Eucharists, and their tables are spread out for the poor. Such practice is common among them and causes a contempt of our pagan gods. The world's a different place because God visited it in the flesh and inaugurated a movement that is still at work feeding the hungry binding up the wounds of the victims of violence. In Turkey today, in Syria, it's going on, urging that justice be given the poor. If you were to stick a needle into the earth and withdraw from it all the charitable enterprises motivated by the love of Christ, this world would implode of its own moral weight in darkness. But Christ remains in the world through those who have been united to him through baptism and faith. And this is why St. Paul could write enthusiastically, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, he says, whatever is true... Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, 
If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. St. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ is the bearer, of course, of eternal life, and it's given to us as we are united to him by faith in baptism. We're living in a world which is, I think, losing hope. We see deaths of despair multiplying. This is a time when you really do have to claim the gift of eternal life, which we have received and which is available to all of our friends and relatives and loved ones. 